Yep, it's over, it's finished, it's drifting off into the rearview mirror. I'm Matilda Bosley, uh, this is my father. I'm Ray Bosley. And we've completely completed watching one whole season of The Bachelor. How, how, are you, how do you feel? I, it's dawning on me that watching a season of The Bachelor, it's it's kind of analogous to having a relationship. And I think I think about a quarter of an hour into this episode, I realised that it was already over, Myra, <laughs> and I was sort of mentally moving on, and it was just a formality getting to the end of the ep, I think. <laughs> but not, yeah, so not the most fulfilling relationship in your life, <laughs> you and The Bachelor? I couldn't see as much future in, in my relationship with The Bachelor as Lockie and Irina could see in their eyes. You were asking The Bachelor, what's happened? in one year, three years, <laughs> right. ten years. Yep. And The Bachelor said, I just want, all I care about is you watching me. Yep, that's exactly right. God, okay, so spoiler alert, yes. Irina wins. Irina wins, yes, yes. Uh, the better woman won. Oh, look, that's a bit unfair to say. The older soul certainly won, but that doesn't mean that she's going to be happy with him. Yeah, we're, we're still waiting as we record this for the sort of post-mortem Instagram posts and there'll be interviews tomorrow. Kind of news to me. They, everyone involved, have they got, had like an embargo on it, I guess? Well, okay. So here's the thing that's one of, and I guess one of the differences quite a lot between Bachelor in Paradise and The Bachelor season is The Bachelor season, everyone's like trying to be very good. For the producers and like behave because they want to go on Bachelor in Paradise. So they don't really post stuff. They don't sort of go rogue and talk shit about the show on Instagram and stuff. Bachelor in Paradise, all bets are off because no one cares about going on like another time. So Bachelor in Paradise, all of the people on there are just like on Instagram like crazy, making stories, making videos, like talking shit about other people, like saying that the producers did them dirty and all that sort of stuff because it's kind of the end of the road for them with the franchise. So they don't really mind just sort of... Right. So you don't go on Bachelor in Paradise more than once. Oh, no, no, you do. Heaps of people go on twice. By that point, they're lucky to get you on the show. Right, right. Because you're the famous one now. Mm-hmm. Whereas all these girls are lucky to be on the show, so they don't post a lot. But usually there's quite a manufactured kind of video of the bachelor and the winner or the bachelorette and her winner uh-huh. sort of talking like oh we're still in love our relationship's oh, okay. been great we've been keeping it a secret but like here you go and then usually the loser will like post like a big long thing <laughs> being like hey fam <laughs> and then as Abby Chatfield did a week or two later she's like here's everything I got slut shamed for and everything that I hated on the bachelor you all oh. treated me like shit and I didn't deserve it and everyone's like wow you've got a point mm. so so we'll see how Bella comes out swinging. So, would you like <laughs> would you like to know a bit of what I know of post yeah. about what? So Bella is now living in Sydney with Beck. Okay, they moved in together with Beck. With All Beck, right. she was going to move in with Laura, but then Laura got trapped in Western Australia because of the uh, okay thing. Um, and then apparently Irina and Lockie are still together, but right. I think contractually they have to say that. So how long they have to stay for three months? It's usually like two or three months, and then like it's always you know one week after that that they announce (laughs) that they've broken up. Um, Which like even last year, Matt Agnew and Chelsea, who I thought were people that were going to actually stay together, Mm -hmm. um, they you know two months later, Matt Agnew put up a post being like, "Oh, we've broken up. It was mutual." And then Chelsea put out a post being like, "I didn't know it was mutual." <laughs> Which was great. Mm. Look, I, I mean, we should probably actually jump into the episode, yes, shouldn't jump we? Jump back to oh god, the Ugh. previous episode. It, it feels a bit tawdry to like a bit sort of meaningless to jump back to well, hometowns now, I'm, doesn't I'm it? Saying it's like we've we've moved on. We're on to you know we're bigger and better. The next, next chapter of our lives. Where and... you say the next chapter of our lives, I say the Bachelorette. Yeah, well, it's still under discussion. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Episode whatever it was, hometowns. Here's your reaction. 
equal parts bored and appalled, but then it was kind of nice. It was sort of funny seeing some of the hard questions being asked of Lockie. The brother was good value. The strange one, Beck's brother. The goalposts keep shifting every episode. Everyone's kind of genuinely falling in love with everyone, and I don't think Lockie deserves any of these women. What did you think about Hometowns? Can I actually, before you speak, mm. forget about you. I was so excited for you to see Hometowns. And I feel like every year we all build up Hometowns. And then every year I watch it and I'm like, this is actually really dull and boring and right. didn't matter. This year in particular, but usually it's pretty formulaic. What did you think about it? Yeah, it was pretty, um, you know, I've used the, the term low voltage a fair few times, I think. And it certainly deserves to be included in, in that subgroup of episodes. I think mm. it was... Look, I mean, there was some good, there was some fun stuff in it, like the, all the kind of hard-ass dads and brothers and things. And and, and um, who was it? It was Izzy's, Izzy's, mum. Izzy's mum. Requesting sperm. Yeah, yeah. Lockie just adds that to his catalogue of back orders. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think those orders will have gone down after this season, to <laughs> be honest. Yes, yes. Having watched one episode of Hometowns, I think you've got a pretty good understanding of That's, the formula. Yeah. We started with Izzy's Hometown Day. Oh, yeah, okay, with the, well, unless you sort of read the fine print with her two mums, but it wasn't. It was her mum and her family friend who helped raise her. Yeah, I think so. And they, they did yoga first, though. How did you think uh, about Oh, that's yoga? right. Okay, so Lockie turns up at um, at Izzy's house, and, and the difference here is with this date is that Izzy sets the agenda. It's, it's anything that she wants for the date. So Seems to be anything she wants that costs zero dollars. Yes, that's right. <laughs> It doesn't involve hiring a dune buggy or a helicopter or anything like that. Mm. Lockie arrives for a date and it's anything that Izzy wants and she's decided yoga because, you know, it's pretty logical. He uh, ping-pongs between Australia and Bali, so clearly he'll be well well versed in, in yoga because mm. that's what you mm. do yeah, when you go yeah. to Bali. Yeah, yeah. So it's, the first it's, question... It's probably one of the most easily accessible activities for, you know, an Aussie living in Bali, right? You'd have to try hard to avoid doing at least one yoga class each trip. Um so the question is, have you ever done yoga before? No. No, not once. <laughs> Never even heard of the word. <laughs> uh, and then, oh, and then not only that, it's like, oh, you yeah, know, what, what, there was some... stretch. That's right. He's never touched his toes for, since he was like, you know, 10 or yeah. something. He said some quote about that and... Like, he obviously goes to the gym eight times a week. Yeah. How do you avoid touching your toes if you do that? Maybe he's so bulky, like such a sort of ultra-testosterone man. Too much much muscle mass in the way. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. But I feel like we've seen him climb a mountain, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) Well, he certainly uh, can stretch and twist himself into unusual shapes. We knew that from the final episode. I know, yeah. Emotionally, he has Mm. no problem just really bending over backwards. Definitely double jointed emotionally. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so that there followed some kind of you know mawkish scenes of Izzy effortlessly you know doing lotus positions and whatever else there is in yoga that um and 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 Lockie kind of you know creaking and wincing and groaning and 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 her laughing and giving him. 10 point, what is it, an A for effort or, or no, 10, 10, 10 out of 10, 10 for out effort. 10 out of 10 for effort. And one point for physical accomplishment. Yeah, for one point for ability. Mm. And it's similar to how I'd rate him as a bachelor. Like, God, he's trying, but he's not <laughs> succeeding. <laughs> Some episodes he's particularly trying, yeah. Well, I mean, he managed to fall in love with about eight different people. Yep. So, you know, that's got to be emotionally draining. He probably aspires to be a serial monogamous, but he's actually a parallel monogamous. You know what? I've just remembered that's bothering me again. Mm. Why did he kick Nicole off? I don't know, just boredom or something. Yeah. Because she hadn't entered his mind for a while. You know who would have been great in this last episode? Nicole. Mm. She was perfect for him. Yep, yep. Oh, God, what an idiot. Sorry. I just had this sort of flash of what I, watching the first episode, what I thought the last episode was going to be. Right, And um, I'm now disappointed again. Imagine if we got to this last episode 20 minutes ago and it was Ariba and Zoe Claire. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm in love with both of them. Oh, God. Okay. Anyway. We then meet the best person that we've ever met on the Bachelor franchise, which is Bella's mum. Izzy's mum. Sorry. Yes. Yes, you threw me there. uh, We've now met the best person we've ever met on the franchise. You know, 
Do you want to know the embarrassing reason I said Bella's mum just there? No. It's not because I meant Bella the contestant. I meant Bella Swan because her mum reminded me a lot of Bella Swan, the protagonist from Twilight's mum. Oh, okay. So that was actually way more of a complex thought that you just picked up on than you a really did. Much deeper cut than I thought, yeah. Bella Swan's mum lives in Arizona, bit of a hippie. Yep. You know, uh, the, the law sort of speaks for itself. So Bella, so Izzy has her like two mums who I, yeah, as you mentioned, one's a family friend. And they immediately, the first thing they ask him <laughs> off the bat is, "Do you are you a feminist? What do you think about feminism? Yeah. And he <laughs> took too long to answer. To, to not answer, yeah. It's not, he's like, oh, that's a hard one. It's not. Yeah, it's like, uh, girls are human beings just like boys. But he goes, oh, I'd want something where they can also go to work. <laughs> and I'm like, that, Lockie, it's not 1843. And also, no, you don't because you want them to quit their job so they can go to Bali with you. Mm. Like, genuinely, he does not want them to go to work. And also, it's but, like, you're right. They didn't ask even, are you a feminist? Which... Shouldn't also should not be a difficult question, but I can understand why that might give someone a slightly more pause if they haven't previously considered that in that life. They didn't ask that. They said, "What do you think of feminism?" Yeah, which is just an outrageously only one acceptable answer, and he didn't give it. Uh, yeah, and then but then he did say something. Did he win them over then, or because Izzy's mum was being sort of a bit, you know, squinty-eyed at him, and yeah, and, and uh, oh, the friend came on hard well, too. Well, they she? then asked what his values were, and then he couldn't answer that, so they yep. said no, name five, which is are there... a, such a move that I have done. <laughs> <laughs> and like, then, but then he kind of clicked into the, the groove and what did he, you know, loyalty. Compassion. Um, compassion, yeah. And Notably two things he didn't say. Honour and strength, strength and honour. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Osha was onto that. Yeah, very true, actually. Osha did tweet that out. But also, like, why did he get that tattoo? Yes. <laughs> well, it's hard. I mean, you know, look, he can't touch his toes, so I doubt that he could tilt his head down enough to, 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 to read, read what's on his chest. I love it. It'll he, all be upside I down. I love it if they said, could you name some of your values? He takes, he unbuttons his shirt and goes, Hagus and name. Yes. I was eating dinner at the first part of this, so I wasn't taking notes. So I want, um, I would like you to read my first dot point for this. Your first dot point says... <laughs> says, sorry, sperm, sperm, sperm. Yes. Yeah. So having won them over, he said he muttered something about how he saw, uh, you know, him and Izzy functioning together or something or other. He yeah. said some platitude that sort of, you know, was was the right answer. And then suddenly both both the both the parental <laughs> the whole parental unit was on his side. And then suddenly the mum was like, even if you don't pick her, could you just donate? A small vial of sperm for her to have your child. Yeah, yeah. Which a reasonable vote of confidence. Oh, I mean that. I mean, look, the ideal situation for raising Lockie's child would for him to not be around, but like, still, there's surely better options. Yeah. Did you see that Izzy found love though? Oh yeah, she mentioned she was she cropped up on on the project just a moment before the the actual episode started and said that she had a boyfriend, didn't she? Yeah, that, that she, yes, and and he looks nice. He looks like a normal dude. Izzy, having seen her parents, I was like, oh, that's why Izzy seems like the most normal. Like, because yes. she just had, like, down to earth. Uh, yes, yes. I think now would be a good time to mention that you and I are wearing full suit and tie ball gowns for yeah. the recording of this podcast. It's a little less comfortable than usual, but um, given that we're both hunched over a microphone <laughs> under a doona, <laughs> yeah. it's a low bar. Doona covering our head for, you know, uh, sound reasons, but uh, full makeup. We took it very seriously and we wanted to dress up for Lockie and for the occasion. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lockie being um, your sister parents' 
boyfriend yeah 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 that Lockie yeah. <laughs> yeah. different Lockie okay well yeah by the end they kind of all are one round by him which is a disturbing pattern that does continue yeah yeah um so we jump ahead to Beck I believe next oh or, no sorry my oh yes yes we, we jump ahead to Irina, Irina and Irina. she's sort of standing alone in a forest kind of just wandering around eventually meets up with Lockie there they're they're talking about how like they're going on a date that she chooses but like they're not in Melbourne so she must have known it's some... some inkling that it, unless all the families were flying up to New South Wales and I just missed that I think that might have been what was happening okay maybe 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 well so they're just sort of swimming in a small hollow in her sort of desperate attempt to prove that she is adventurous oh that's right they go on this little sort of forest walk which looked quite kind of nice and then yeah. they arrive at this idyllic kind of waterhole waterfall with ducks and things and mm. and they go in and oh and there was the hilarious kind of uh, oh, the water's cold. Lockie's, you know, getting to the point where he has to get crotch deep in it, and he's making funny comments about, oh, about that. I actually, I think my mind, I think my eyes just glazed over, mm. and my mind sort of went pure blank. Yeah. And yep. for my own protection, I think, yes. and I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that it did. So they have a little patch in the forest. Oh, that's right. And yep. then they're walking out, and Osha just. <gasps> <laughs> running, tearing down the path to deliver some awful news. Another bombshell from Osha, which was... It was uh, Melbourne's gone back into lockdown. Do you know how triggering this was <laughs> as people from Melbourne? Because they're having this whole conversation being like, it's just happened right now. Melbourne's gone into lockdown. You know, the New South Wales borders close. It, I was it, sort of like, oh, this has taken me back to a dark place. The yeah. dark place of... Having now what nine flashback. weeks ago? <laughs> yep, yep. But was there also some sort of uh, little loophole that you picked up on that that actually was a process that took three days, well, yeah. not, not half an hour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Queensland border closed a few days before Melbourne went into hard lockdown, like the stage three lockdown. Mm. So they definitely knew beforehand that yep. her parents wouldn't have been able to make it up. Like there was no question about that um and they appear to have just left Irina in the dark about that <laughs> yes yeah, so the point being that oh the uh the meet the parents date uh, is going to be on zoom um and so that seemed kind of devastating for for Irina which I I mean I guess it made sense but I I wasn't quite feeling it I don't know I think if you've only had Lockie for company for the past <laughs> Lockie and Bella for company for the past few months. I think you'd be crying that you couldn't see your parents as well. Yeah. Oh, well, anyway, they do a little Zoom date. Um, and Irina's and so brother, yes. Igor. Igor, that's right. <laughs> so Irina warns, forewarns Lockie that Igor will probably give him a hard time. Yeah, because the producers have gone and asked her, which one of your family members can give him the hard time? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that Igor's very protective. You know what I love in the year 2020 of our Lord? Mm -hmm. Men um, protecting women yeah. uh, all the time without question and not taking into account their ability to self-determine who their partners are. Yep, yep. Well, I'm, I, I could just tell that that was making you feel all sort of comfortable and secure <laughs> as you were watching that again and again and again. Regardless of the fact that in this case it was a woman with bad taste in men, mm -hmm. um, I still did, I just still, I was just like, wow, this feels nice and progressive. Yep, yep. But look... Um, uh, I, I'm not disagreeing with you at all, but uh, the the colour to that was <laughs> what oh, we later learned. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. What were the last three or two, two or three boyfriends that she's had <laughs> broke up with her and not got married two seconds after they got their next girlfriend? Yeah, that's true. So actually, the brother probably has some <laughs> legitimate concerns. Also, um, I mean, I will forgive the paternalistic overtures of the hometown episodes for the fact that we just get to like have the bachelor get just dug into <laughs> which it is that's what hometown serves well, it's the catharsis for any problems we've had with the bachelor but but that lasts for 15 seconds of their one-on-one -on -one, yeah Lockie and the interrogator um, because he trots out some boilerplate platitude about, you know, only focusing on your daughter's happiness or... I literally, or, I blanked out for I'm those just, as well. I'm just being completely honest. I'm not, I'm 
just putting myself all in with these things and, and you know, I'm, I can only be me and I'm such a bad liar that if I start trying to play any games that you'll see straight through me. So he said some nonsense like that and then every single one of them just instantly was on board and cut to mm. them sort of, oh, well, fantastic, oh, really great to meet you and, oh, it's, I'm so sad that the night's over. Remember a few episodes ago we sort of put forward the hypothesis that he was a slightly hypnotic man <laughs> in person and much like Donald Trump kind of you, it's impossible to see the appeal Mm, yep. from TV, but then people meet him and sort of are in trance. This is not a support it's, of Donald Trump, by the way, but it's just something that he's said about him, that yes. he's sort of got a strange Char magnetism when you're in... Must be pheromones or something. Must be. <laughs> he's actually so pumped up on testosterone that he just makes everyone fall in love with him in the room. <laughs> it was a big peck energy or something. <laughs> I think they're just scared of him because he could, like, crush him like a little twig. Mm, mm. Especially Bella's dad, that poor little short man. <laughs> yes. uh, anyway, so he wins over that brother, having oh, you God, know, just I... won over the, the mums. The only interesting thing in Irina's date at all was um, her brother sort of being like, oh, it's time for me and Lockie to have a chat. And then the dad gleefully shouts like, oh, fight now. <laughs> And which was, I think, the only three words he actually said in that day yeah. that we got to see. Anyway, he was very much the silent partner. Um, the mum, no, we'd, we'd met her mum before, hadn't we? Or, no, no, no Irina wasn't on the family date. Remember, that's when Bella and her's relationship started fracturing. Uh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, I literally can't remember anything else. So shall we move yep, along to yep. Beck? So then we get to Beck and Beck's <laughs> highlight of Beck uh, is that she, her brother is there and he... Is no, a... excuse me, you're forgetting 15 minutes of paddle boarding. Oh, okay, yes. Where she incorrectly used the term sea legs. <laughs> she said he got rid of his sea legs and is more confident, but that's not what that means, is it? No, that's the opposite of what that means. <laughs> um, I don't care about... As much as I actually did make me, again, consider buying a paddleboard. Um, right. I don't care. Beck's brother, the littlest dweeb out there. It's like a sort of mid-twenties Amway person or something. Oh, totally. He is, he's with, going to meetings. Um, Sort of pale with, with blonde hair and an unwise blonde moustache. But but the moustache is too dark. Oh, okay. Overall. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, which is a superior Bachelor podcast mm. that has tweeted out that he definitely, like, just gave off the vibe of someone who definitely still lived at home. Yes. And I really agree with that. Yes. But, look, say what you will about him. He certainly put the hard word on Lockie uh, until Lockie won him over. Oh, my God. Look, and... The thing is, Lockie actually said something, like, very problematic, which is he said, oh, this video of Beck, I, it could have been on mute and I still would have felt the same. Oh, yes, yes. Like, it's like he's been trying to keep it a little bit under wraps that he doesn't give a shit about women as people for this season up until now and then he just let it slip, didn't he? <laughs> and it feels like something the producers you... would have cut out except the brother then grills them on it, yep. so they couldn't. What do you think he was going for there? I mean, I, I guess he was trying to sort of suggest that they... It they was had a meeting such of the a mind, magnetism, the, yeah. Two soulmates finding each other that even if he hadn't been able to hear what she was saying, he would have still felt like she'd found his partner for life. I know that that's what he was meaning to say. Mm. I think what he was truthful was what he said. <laughs> like, I think it was a bit of a Freudian slip where that's what he thinks is attracting him to Beck. Yeah, yeah. And what's actually attracting him to Beck is the face and their boobies. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Like, oh, she was out. She was she was on a hike. So she was adventurous. And that's what I meant. And he was like, oh, she was, you know, surfing and on, and on a hike. And it wasn't just the close-ups of her hiking pants. <sighs> I, ugh. Poor old Lockie. There's, there's just, there's no way around it except that there's less to him than meets the eye. I genuinely, though, there's been a couple of moments in these couple mm. episodes where we're like, you know, I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm actually kind of a bit more interested in Lockie. I'm feeling for him, and then he just continues to let us down, <laughs> like just without fail. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so uh, we better crack along. Izzy says that she could see herself falling in love with Lockie. Not a good enough. Beck says, "I take 
love very seriously and I'm not going to like bandy around that word and basically doesn't and say that she loves it. literally him. says she's never been in love before. I've never been in love so I'm not going to like just toss around mm. the word love. Very reasonable and he's pissed. Yeah, the, the, you could hear an audible click of the switch turning off. Yeah, and he, he doesn't even like give her a sweet farewell for like the way we've seen him react to Beck versus Izzy. Like you'd think that it would have been opposite who gets the sort of... Mm. Sp- being spoken to as they leave. But yeah, he's like, oh, that's, oh, that's shocked me a bit to hear that from Beck. Oh, that's, that's really sort of like made me question. I'm like, she's known you for two weeks, mate. Mm. Anyway. It, she was dead to him and it was pretty clear. Uh, so then uh, the final. Crackle on to Bella. Yes, so then we get Bella's... Uh, so did they do something together? They what made they a, a, prawn, oh, a prawn linguine. That's right. Which I believe may have been a food service box ad, but I wasn't completely sure. Uh-huh. I wasn't following along enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, imagine, and, imagine if they cooked a meal and just heated up a U-Foods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and she... There was a little bit of sort of seemingly natural kind yeah. of repertoire, repartee going on. This is where you and I actually kind of... Me at least, but I think also you, soften to the mm. Bella-Locky relationship a little bit. Yeah, because he does something stupid in he, the kitchen. He pretends to cut off his finger oh, or that's something. Right, that's right. And then she goes, oh, Lachlan. <laughs> and, like, there was just something about her, like, scolding him by calling him Lachlan that felt very mm. true. Yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, so then the family arrives. It's uh, now she. Oh, it was a strange setup, wasn't it? Because it was... The mum, her mum we've met before. Yeah. And and then she had... Her dad. Her and then dad. who I thought was her brother. Because he looked like, exactly like I was Izzy's like, brother. Oh, my God. Irina and Izzy... Uh, Irina and Bella have oh. the same brother. But then people on Twitter quickly corrected me that that was not her brother. That was her stepdad. Yeah. Which leads me to believe... That Irina's brother is Bella's stepdad. I think there's no other conclusion possible. <laughs> I don't. I can't believe they didn't address it. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, the whole thing's weird. But you know, obviously the producers have found out who the hard asses are and made sure they all came. Yeah, along. like that dad's coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you divorced ten years ago. Too bad. He's coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he was not impressed by Lucky. But the funny thing was that in his little sort of um, you know talking heads to to us alone, he said, I. I work in IT, so I did a bit of research. Yeah, a bit of detective work, which I love to believe that he's just sort of like the building IT manager for like some... Oh, no, I imagined him just combing through Lockheed's browser, browsing history and (laughs) and everything like that. All you need to type in is Lockheed Gilbert, and there's plenty of issues that come up. Anyway, so he was... uh, And what did he say? He lost me at that point or something. Yeah, well, he lost him. They caught them kissing. Oh, that's right, when they arrived. And then he's like, there's no respect on the table for me anymore or something. There's no approval on the table, which, like, look, it's problematic. Everything's problematic. We'll just have to move along. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't. I thought, uh, what's the big deal? (laughs) Yeah, like, how dare his 25-year-old daughter kiss? How dare they burst in unannounced and find them kissing? (laughs) As the producer's obviously standing at the door, the other one, GoPro, and... Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, But then he puts on the hard word and then Lockie... Now, you've been in a few reality TV shows and, yeah. uh, you know, why? how am I, how can you, conv- you convince me that you're not going to break my daughter's heart, basically? Yeah, uh, he did not follow through on that promise, did he? No, because uh, then Lockie again trotted out his, well, I'm just, you know, I'm a terrible liar and if I was trying to, you know. Well, Bella was sort of jumping in to defend him to mm, a certain degree. Yep. Anyway, and then eventually he's like, oh, I'd be, it's fine. <laughs> What yeah. Did he say? Oh well, he, he the the one on one, the sort of you know hustle lock aside for a man to man chat that yeah. ended with them all being best mates and everything yeah. and laughing and joking because because Lockie worked his magic. But then in subsequent kind of uh, talking vox pops from the dad, he's saying, well, he certainly says all the right things, but it's all just words to me, which turns out correct. Yeah, <laughs> dead on. Um, yeah. So Bella sort of walks him out to say goodbye and basically is at the point where she has to say that she loves him, essentially. Like, yep. it's we're down to that point. Right. 
And she's like crying because she's like, you can't say it back, which turns out he can and he probably shouldn't. And this was the other moment where I thought that it was actually kind of mm. real. Where, because he, she's like crying and then he goes like, oh, Bubby. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, oh. It was kind of endearing. Yes, yeah. And, and, and real. Um, Doesn't last long, but. <laughs> no, yeah, that'll, that'll pass. Um, <laughs> and so that was, that was, and then when. That, that was, that, that was the episode. Rose or? ceremony. Oh, okay, right. And then the rose ceremony being that there's four girls and only two roses. Uh, clearly, Beck's not got her name on it. <laughs> Beck's any, just any sort of, of like, I'm... Yeah, uh, she she was already kind of reformatting her hard disk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, and poor old Lizzie kind of knew she wasn't going to get the rose. But they played it for the full drama anyway. They had the 20-second yeah, pause and the think music. And The surprising thing for me was that he took Izzy aside and was sort of crying about letting Izzy go and, mm. you know, Izzy... And then we actually finally got a limo shot of people driving away in the limo. Yeah, yes. Um, but good old Izzy, she was she was really good. She, yeah, she, she was, was like I understand. She was bigger than you know. She rose and uh, to the you know she rose to the occasion. And was very. Uh, she was the bigger woman about it all. She said subsequently in an interview, Lockie was sort of talking about wanting to travel for a full year after the show, and she's like, "No, nah, I don't really want to quit my job." Oh, okay. So just like back to him promising his mum that she he believes feminism is about women being able to work. Yeah. Um. Not particularly true. Um, good old Izzy. God bless her. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then we're here, Irina and Bella. Yeah. So there was a kind of final moment where they all sort of stood together and who had the white dress and who had the black Bella dress? Bella had the white dress. Yep. Irina had the black oh, dress. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes. So it was very symbolic. Mm. Um, which, will he go to the, you know, which, which angel, which con- conscience hovering over which shoulder will he go with? Yeah. God. Okay. Finale time. Yep. I'm genuinely delighted. I'm filled with elation because Lockie chose someone and now I don't have to watch it anymore. Look, it was a pretty uh, tough going. I've never had a hugely high opinion of Lockie and he did absolutely nothing to improve that tonight. The only real bright spot was that I, for a second there I thought Bella would slap him in the face, which would have made the whole thing worthwhile. I'm glad that I saw it through to the end, although I, I genuinely, 10 minutes before the end, it occurred to me, I actually don't really care if I don't even see the ending of this. So there was not, never going to be a happy ending for me. It's just the fact that it's over. Okay, so now that we're a bit further out, we've just had a look on Instagram, saw all the post-mortems. Mm. How, how are you feeling? Oh, um, I was a bit heartened to see Bella's post-mortem there, which uh, was all pretty sort of standard Hallmark card uh, type of sentiment. But then she, you know, gave the heartfelt thanks to the, all the, the crew and everyone that were with mm. her and, and helped her through some of the endless tears. And then she ended it very well saying that, you know, although it wasn't my favourite fairy tale ending this time, hopefully, you know, uh, what my ideal man is, or my prince is out there, then I'll meet them soon and won't have to kiss too many more frogs. <laughs> I loved that even in her, like, what, six-week-later post, Mm -hmm. still scathing of Lockie. Like, (laughs) when he told me he loved me, I trusted him. But he fucking wrote... The, like the posts are correct. He spent the time writing in Sharpie in his arm on his arm. Yeah. He preempted, pre-planned telling her that he was falling in love with her. Like it wasn't just something that like he spilled out well, to one of them and then had to spill it out to the other. He decided to tell them both that he loved them. Why? Say that you love both of them in your talking head. Why? What on earth would possess you? Any person, any person on earth I think- to tell both of them that he loves them was he looking for their reaction no i'm not i'm not done talking i can't i think it's completely straightforward why he did he thought he was he thought that he was genuinely in that situation he's never had to ever really think about how you know what's actually going on and he's certainly only in the last what 10 minutes before kicking her off the island uh at only that point did he realize that her feelings are going to get pretty wrecked by this too and, yeah but it was even that was more in in sort of more in along the lines of i don't want to i don't want to be the i don't want to hurt her like he doesn't want to be the bad guy you know yeah i like that might be a little unfair but but it, it certainly wasn't 
oh, my God, I'm a monster. I've, yeah. I've let this terrible situation come to this horrible kind of head and, and now it's much worse than it needed to be. Maybe he's just, like, very pliable to what the producers want. Yeah. Because the producers are probably being like, if up you until love the point, both of them, tell them. You know, to, up, up to the point where he throws an axe at them. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly no proof that he threw an axe. You, you, you doubt it? I for legal reasons, okay, would right. like to confirm that that is a rumour that we have no proof to right? and we don't know is the truth, okay. even how much it gels with what we've come to know. Fair enough. Okay. Um, how silly of me. <laughs> um, yeah, so look, anyway, it, it, I mean, yeah, so how could he be so deceitful? The answer is he wasn't. He was, he was thinking that he was telling his own truth and that there was no alternative, but really that was just highlighting how kind of weak and cowardly he was. Yeah, completely, completely. It was the most cowardice 15-minute monologue of television I've ever seen mm-hmm. in my life. So blah, blah, blah. He goes four-wheel driving with Irina. He goes on a little helicopter with Ballor. It doesn't really matter. But, like, I just can't get over... Both of them being like, yeah, I'm pretty confident in my future. Like, remember episode one, two of this podcast where I'm like, I cannot blame any of these women for feeling like they yes. have a full future with him. That is only magnetized to the point where he's like, so our future together um, in the next couple of years, what is it? And she's like, oh, I don't know. I don't feel like this is a test because you've just said that you loved me and now we're talking about our future together. So why on earth would I know that this was a test? Mm. And then it turns out it was the test of whether their relationship would last or not was her, him vaguely throwing out some holiday plans in the middle of a global pandemic where it is impossible to make any holiday plans, uh, him just blithely throwing it out, throwing it out there. She's giving what she thinks is a heartfelt, beautiful response and what he wants to hear. And then it turns out it's like the death knell of her whole relationship. (laughs) It's wild. Yeah. And, and, and such a kind of cop out. So it's like, so first, I mean, we forgot to mention that first thing that happened this episode was that his mum rocks up. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yes. True. And, uh, and, and she's pretty kind of good fun. Um, and uh, despite the fact that she has, you know, um, uh, unqualified love for, for this guy. I thought you were going to say bad hair clips, but yeah, unqualified love for Lockie is also they're, a problem. They're interrelated, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, and basically he says, "Mum, I don't know what to do. I love uh, you know. I'm I'm you know. I really can't choose between these two women." And she says, "Oh well, I don't know. How do you feel about Bella? How do you feel about Irina?" And he sort of mutters and mumbles, and then she goes and talks to them both, doesn't she? Well, they both set them up so they both weirdly have to talk to his mum first. Oh, that's right. Yes. Um, parent, my sister, your daughter, parent, um, made a fairly good observation here, which is when he was talking about Irina, he was kind of talking about like her as a person and you know their future together, and talking about her sort of as an individual. But then when he talked about Bella, it was kind of almost talking about her more as like an experience he was going through. Mm. Like it was about how she made him feel and how exciting it was to be with her. And, you know, it was a lot more kind of yes in the moment, but also slightly dehumanizing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Look, you don't have to scratch too deep below the surface of anything that Lockie says yeah, to find true. egocentricity. Mm. Um, just a kind of blinkered kind of view of himself. Uh, and and everything's in terms of you know how how did this happen to me, um, or you know what have I done to deserve this kind of thing? <laughs> but, um, yeah. but anyway, so 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 mum uh, so mum's no help initially. Then she goes and has has kind of heart to hearts with both Bella and Irene. Uh, instantly forms kind of opinions about them. And the thing with Irina. Uh, was that um, she, she's too soft? Yeah, yeah, from what Lockie was, the way Lockie was describing her, uh, Lockie's mum thought that perhaps she wouldn't be able to stand up to Lockie, and that's what he needs. He needs someone to say no to him when he's being ridiculous. Uh, and has has Irina got that? For some reason, she didn't get that from Irina. Which, like, if if it's, there's one thing that Irina gives off, it's that she doesn't actually take that much shit from Lockie. Yeah, like. Yeah. 
she's pretty like and just the fact that she's she's a nurse and yeah she, she's by definition she's you know she's, she, like, she's oh, a, a badass i'm sorry i didn't leave fighting the pandemic for this woman to tell me that i'm not going to be able to tell this man child off so anyway, then uh, cut to Lockie and his mum debriefing, and she says, well, you know, and he says, well, who do you reckon I should pick, basically? Yeah. And she says, oh, they're both, you know, I couldn't possibly, couldn't possibly give an opinion. They're both wonderful. They're both beautiful. They're lovely. Uh, I don't know about Irina being able to, to sort of stand up to you. and, and, and she, she said, uh, you need someone who can tell you no. Yes. Which yeah. I would argue as a grown man is his own job, but, like, maybe <laughs> that's just me. But also, good on her for recognising that about her son. But then... He obviously didn't warm to that. He no, well, yeah. So she he, was definitely he, he leaning towards Bella. Yeah, and then he kind of didn't take that on board. He and he sort of shuffled her off that topic, and then she immediately thought, "Oh, my son doesn't like me saying that." So she yeah. kind of then was very, very equanimical and like both of them exactly the same, and you've got to work it out yourself. Sort yeah, of he. It's it was like he didn't want to be given an answer that, or he kind of had already picked. I think Irina. He, yeah, he picked Irina already. Didn't want to hear anything wrong with her, but. Then yeah. still wanted to kind of blame, didn't want to, you know, he wanted someone else to be responsible for it. Yeah, God. Anyway. Yeah. He knew that he should choose Irina and he was looking for reasons that that was the correct choice yep. and that he should go against how he was probably feeling, which was maybe a bit more towards Bella, even though he knew Irina was actually better for him. I'm giving him the best benefit of the doubt here. But sure. then we embark on. Um, just a really uncomfortable line of questioning he has with Irina. They go on some date and then they're sort of sitting down and then he goes, mum doesn't think that you'll be able to tell me no. And then Irina says, that's uh, stupid, the most stupid thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, <laughs> why are we having this conversation? Doesn't seem important or relevant, but okay. And then he's like, what's one thing you would tell me no for? And then I would have loved if she would have said dating multiple women. <laughs> Choose now. But then she said, you're not allowed to jump off a bridge from a moving car. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone draws a line somewhere. Yeah. And it was heartening to hear that that's where <laughs> she drew it, at least in that moment. Yeah. You can tell that those were two different thoughts that she both thought that he would, wouldn't agree to, so combined into one. Yep. Yep. Um, but, like... It felt like he was auditioning someone to replace his mum. Yeah. Oh, and it even got to the point where he was sort of saying things about, you know, I think perhaps it was in a, it was in a sort of um, talking head later that he was kind of saying, oh, you know, I, I can just, every time I think of Irene, I can imagine her as, as my wife, my, my the, you know, my mother. <laughs> yeah, the wi a wife, you know, a partner, a girlfriend, a wife, a mother. Yeah. And we sort of pointed out, we were wondering, like, is that the mother of his children or him? Yeah. yeah. It was uncomfortable. So then, yeah, we go on the Bella date. We have that very sort of doom-inducing hot tub <laughs> conversation that absolutely had no rights to be as important as it was. Yep. Um, and then suddenly we're just, yeah, into this. It's, we're long, on final approach now. Long speech about how he's in love with both of them. He's crying. I wish I could just be in love with one. You know, we're a day away. We're hours away. And I still haven't decided which one. I personally, if I hadn't decided, wouldn't have spent the time writing in Sharpie that I loved someone on my arm. Yeah. But like. But then was was it you that had the or that, you know, perhaps he just kind of blurted it out to Irina and then just. He had to be even-handed and then, yeah. and then it was premeditated to say it to Bella, but I don't but know. But also, like, uh, couldn't they just cut it yeah. <laughs> like, from the show? <laughs> like, I don't know. It seemed, it didn't seem like he just blurted it out to mm, Irina either. Yeah, it, it was his, it was his only, you know, it was, it was his shtick, the whole, yeah. the whole. The whole season was about him overcommitting emotionally mm. to these women. At least he saw it through right to the end. Yeah. Okay, so now we approach the sort of final ceremony. Now, this, as I learnt watching it, was it consisted of two limos turning up. Two limos. We've got a sort of long runway, a flower-filled pedestal. Long lens shots and then some, you know, high heels get out of the limo. Limo, and, yeah. And the, the common wisdom is that the first 
girl you see getting out of the limo is the one who's going to be told no. Yeah, so the, it's usually that sort of first whisk of fabric mm. that lets you know what happened with the whole series. Last year they did a bit of like a switcher up and they had like Chelsea get out of the car first. And oh, then the Chelsea? Whole, the whole thing was like, oh my God, Abby won. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? But then actually Abby didn't win and they just switched up. And they did that again for us. They had Irina get out of the car first. Yes. But then immediately after had Bella get out of the car. So then like we were back to not knowing. So we knew suddenly, oh, we're joining flashbacks. flashbacks. We don't know who's here. We don't we know when. We couldn't possibly We know. don't know when is now. So then Lockie starts sort of weeping and then you see Bella come around in the blue dress um, and I was sort of expecting, I want to say, like, a reaction from you. From me? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you were just sort of like, oh, does that mean Bella's lost? And I said yes. And you said, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And this this is, you know, what I was saying about I'd moved on already. I was, you know, I was grieving the end of that relationship with me and The Bachelor about, yeah, what? 20 minutes before the end, 10 minutes before the end, and I know that the thought occurred to me uh, uh, that I actually didn't care. I didn't, or I had, if I had to run out and do something and didn't see the end of it, I would have been fine with that. Let me tell you, usually I would care. You know what I mean? Like, mm. usually you actually care who they're going to end up with. But Lockie was a special case, I think. Yes, yes. So Bella comes around. So, yeah, so. And then he immediately starts. Bawling. Bawling his eyes out, which, like, absolutely nothing wrong with him crying. I think it's very good that we see, like, muscly, testosterone, toxic masculinity kind of men crying on TV. I thought that was actually... Because it proves that they're wimps? (laughs) (laughs) No? Uh, Oh, okay. uh, I was going to say... The jury's out on that one, then. (laughs) I was going to say that was the one redeeming thing he did, was, like, show, like, a soft, gentle masculinity. If it wasn't a totally self-created problem. Yeah, look, it was a total, totally um, monstrous thing that he did through his own weakness, but at least he was genuinely upset about it. But also, on the same bat, Bella's now realising what's happening at the same time that she's having to comfort him. Yeah. So he's relying on her emotionally as he's dumping her. Yeah. Which is so harsh. <laughs> and then she's, he's sort of... Uh, well, he, yeah, I mean, well, I, I, I just, just me stepping through it as a, someone who hasn't seen this before, it's like, oh, okay, so neither of these women w- would have any clue as they're being driven up and arriving whether they're going to get thrown off the yeah. island or not. So you bellow and you arrive and there he is and he starts bawling his eyes out and can't speak. Yeah. It's not a good, it's, it's not, not a, <laughs> not auguring well, you know. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like in the normal season for the loser, they have this beautifully prepared speech mm. about how they are the, so amazing and they're going right. to find someone and it's so not them. It's just, and they, they usually say like, I've just found love with someone else. Yep. And that's like the moment that they know. Lockie didn't go for that approach. He bawled his eyes out and then said, I just, you didn't tell me that we could have a future together. I just needed more from you. When when I asked about how anything that you could see in our future, you couldn't say a single thing. When he was talking about whether they should like go to the The Amazon Amazon for three weeks. Yeah. And And she's, she's like, I said to you that I only wanted to imagine a future with you. Like, didn't I didn't care what we did as long as we were together. Yeah. Like, I was literally committing as hard as I could. Like, I was committing then, more than giving to And, then, and then she reached like, her limit. Well, no, he's like, I just needed a bit more. And then she stares daggers at him. And what does she and say? And she says, don't turn this back on me. Does she? Yeah. She I didn't says, even hear oh, that. Yeah. No, I think that's her words. Yeah. yeah verbatim. And and I I honestly it was it was only a fleeting moment. Where I thought, oh, is she gonna slap him? <laughs> yeah. I like like for a few very damning episodes that Bella's had. That was a bloody redeeming moment. Just being like, no, fuck this. Yeah. Like, yeah. And how dare you? Like you told me what she what she said. She's like, you told me yesterday that you loved me. Like, what am I meant to think? about this situation right now. And then it all goes quiet for an awkward sort of yeah. three and a half second and then she says, can I go now? Can I leave? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, amazing. And then, and then, no one, and he doesn't answer yeah. and then she says, I'm out of here or something. Yeah, worse and effect. just walks away as he's bawling his eyes out. Yeah. It yeah. was so self-created a problem. <laughs> Such a self-own. Yeah. Yeah. And poor Bella, like... 
The Bachelor doesn't say that he loves people. She went on a whole cry last episode because he couldn't say that he loved mm. her back. And then all of a sudden he says that he loves her back. The thing that she was... An unforced error. Thi- the thing that she was crying about him not being able to do and this emotional <laughs> gap that's causing her so much pain, he then fulfills that, does the thing that she's been wishing he could, and then dumps her... And then her, tests her. Tests her by... <laughs> tests her by making her think that he's thinking about their life in three (laughs) years' time, by the way. Tests her commitment by committing more and then dumps her and blames her for it. Hmm. (laughs) Oh, my God. Her her anger got her halfway home in the limo. I think they they did cut to, you know, her, of course, having her reaction and, and saying it and everything. But it, it, it was a different, a different landscape. It was, wasn't quite buildings outside the window, but it was different sorts of trees. Did you know that the location they shot this in was uh, where Osher got married? Oh. He was tweeting about that, where the hot tub was. Isn't that lovely? Where the Irina's hot tub was. He's like, that's where the altar was, under the manuka trees. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Irina. Irina, well, I don't know what Whatever happened here. Came she and walks out. Her and and, and she, I she's... found love with you. And then I kind of, for a fleeting second, thought she was going to be like, no, and then walk away too. I, well, so I good. had a similar-ish sort of thought. I thought, well, geez, wouldn't it be, you know, wouldn't it be fitting really for for him to say, you know, will you like to kind of put him, yeah, you know, humbly ask if she's happy with that, you know. And uh, but of course that was the furthest things from anyone's mind. Yeah. Yeah. One um, like Professor Love, they kiss and then it fades to black and the season's over. Yep. Yep. One thing, excruciating thing that I'm going to force you to listen to interviews of tomorrow mm. is um, Kyle and Jackie O quizzing them about how soon they had sex after the last episode. Oh, okay. It happens every year. Right. And last year they like then told Abby what Chelsea and Matt said, forced Matt and Chelsea to talk about how soon they had sex after the last episode. Mm. And then the next interview was with Abby mm. and then told Abby that as she's crying. <laughs> Oh, okay, right. It wasn't good. Yeah. Um, and they're definitely going to do this again this season. And I don't want to know. And I will listen. Four billion enough. years of evolution well, in the, at this point. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, in this one, it is like eight months <laughs> that they've been on this show. Yes, yes. Yeah. Wow. God. How do we feel about the whole season? Talk oh, to me look, about your feelings. It, it has been really interesting for me, just the kind of evolution of my my sort of uh, emotions about it and everything, uh, or just, you know, how my take on it. So I came to it initially just filled with contempt and, and despising the whole show as worthless or, or worse, that it was an abomination, a, a blight on, on, on our own collective consciousness uh, and evil. But uh, then I sort of got, you know, kind of some sort of... Um, immunity to that and um uh and got into the you know the 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 difference the competitive aspect of it and plus all the you know got to know a few of the and so we kind of warmed to it and and you know got the stockholm syndrome setting in and then this, this last the home stretch has been really interesting because you know last week there was that episode that just made me furious and i just despised the show again and then i kind of uh, softened because, um, you know, it was getting, you know, people were feeling very genuine sort of connections and stuff and, you you know, it was impossible not to sort of get sucked up, you know, just empathise with that a bit. And then it was like, yeah, the grieving process this time, it's like once once it kind of became clear that Lockie was just doing this sort of terrible approach to, you know, like an impossible situation, it's t- totally untenable to, you know, have it down, come down to the last two women and have to choose one over the other. And, uh, you know, and, and sure, it didn't work out neatly in that there was no clear choice for him. But as we've just discussed, he, he, he took it probably the worst possible way mm. um, through just a real deficiency in his character. Uh, and so once that had kind of registered, I just uh, I just didn't want I didn't want it to be in its company anymore. I just didn't, you know, as I say, I didn't wouldn't have minded missing the last 10 minutes. I'm glad, I'm glad I knew the, you know, I would have ultimately come back and needed to find out what happened. But 
Um, I was just over it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think, I honestly think if you had come into this at like Matt Agnew's season mm. or Maddie J, there's a lot of Matt's, um, <laughs> Maddie J's or one of those seasons, I genuinely... And I think Osha's name used to be Matty G, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, I genuinely think you would have been invested by the last mm. episode because I feel like in the middle, you know... Obviously, going watching this was a trial, but I feel like you did become invested. Mm. And then I think it is just a testament to the problems with Lockie. And on a serious note, the problems with a man like Lockie, with Lockie's kind of reputation being held up as the ideal man for Australia Mm. and being put in a scenario where there actually isn't room for critical analysis of him on the show. If he was a contestant, you know, there would be other people talking about how annoying he was or like, you know, like there would be a lot more scrutiny for him or if he was on Bachelor in Paradise. But you're in a scenario where not only is he slightly insufferable, he's insufferable and then because Australia is meant to be thinking he's the ideal man, Mm. being invested in him finding love, we then aren't allowed to discuss the fact that he's insufferable. And I think that's been part of the problem. And I think that's really made it difficult to be invested because it's like, I'm actually, you're right, not happy that Irina's Mm. with this guy. Like, I think Irina deserves someone better. You he know he I mean? made the, the best choice, but she she didn't. Yeah, I, I think I said along the way, um, Bella is to Lockie as Lockie is to Irina. Yeah, <laughs> like, the yeah. sort of immature, exciting one. Mm. I, like, I, I would be interested to see how you would react to a season where there was a genuinely sort of likeable... Right. Or even... They're never that likeable because they kind of have to be boring by definition. Yeah. Um, uh, but a genuinely, like, palatable human being. Yeah, And, yeah. you know, women that kind of we're excited about. Right, right. Yes, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm... You know, I did catch 15 seconds of the Honey Badger episode mm. at some I point. Do, by that, I do and, and not no, mean the Honey Badger. I know, I know that you don't because um, he... I, th- I think it would have been a different experience with him because, like... The, my dislike for Lockie is complex because I'm very jealous of him. Like he's, mm. he's, he's, you know, his DNA was very good to him, and he, mm. he's a you know strapping guy, and and he's also very kind of affable and 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 socially kind of frictionless, and, yeah. and you know, he, he, and uh, and so there's a lot to kind of be kind of envious of of him. But then the, he he's deficient in particularly harmful ways and yeah. particularly kind of, you know, hard to like or hard to forgive ways. And so... You're, you're, mm. Yeah, he, he's made genuine mistakes. You feel like you're seeing not quite all of them, all of him, and you feel like that's probably because they're having to cut out the less palatable bits, if you know what I mean. And, but... I'm not sure I agree with that. I think I, my overall sort of thing with him, he's... he's He's, he's a bland guy that's got a lot going for yeah. him. Yeah. I think that's fair. And hasn't had to do too yeah, much He's never been challenged. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, in fairness to him, it's got to be the most difficult season. Because, like, there would have been months <laughs> in the middle there where he didn't even know if he was finishing this show. Sure. And it would have been difficult and the, the, to just, jump back into that. I mean, I haven't got a lot of a yardstick to compare it against, but there was a, a, a shitload of big stuff this this series, like Roxy and and even kind of, you know, Zoe Claire and just, mm. you know, every week there was... Juliet. There was about seven different villains. Yeah, yeah. And, and Lockie had to sort of, you know, one way or another navigate through mm. that and everything. So it would have been a challenging, a more challenging... Uh, bachelorhood, I guess. You know what? I need to show you mm. um, the, and pardon my language, the dog cunt episode of The Bachelor. Oh, yeah. One of the girls calls Matt Agnew a dog cunt. Right. And then he goes on an investigative mission to find out. Find out what if, that means. If, if it happened. He, like, interviews all the girls to oh, find if, out, if, like. If she if, if actually this, did call him no, that. No, the, the, the woman, I can't remember her name, yeah. but like, if she called him a dog cunt or not. Right. <laughs> it's amazing. Just sort of in terms of wading through Was drama, there a specific would... reason or just her, her sort oh, of she was cons- upset. considered she opinion She was upset that he kissed Abby in the oh, okay. Rose Garden or something sure. like that. Yeah, yeah. That was a good episode. I should show you that. That. Mm-hmm. Oh well, I mean, 
it's been a bloody ride, but yes. I think I would not have enjoyed this season one percent of as much as if I hadn't been watching it with you, Dad. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure I'm a hundred percent sure that I, I can say the same, Matthew. You you may have enjoyed life a bit more because you wouldn't have been watching it. No, look, I'm very glad that I I went I, I did, had that the whole experience, and um, it's been super duper interesting and. Um, and it's probably just too soon to kind of con- con- even consider whether whether there might be a repetition in a repeat of, of this experience in the future. But oh, seeing those bachelorette ads! Oh my god, that oh, well, just looks ten times worse. Follow at my dad batch pod on Instagram to get any and all updates, and also to see us in our formal wear. We yeah. put a photo up there for uh, for your perusal. One of us scrubs up very well, Dad. I. I didn't feel great about it anyway. You don't need to rub it in. (laughs) (laughs) I think we both know who I'm referring to. Oh, well. Godspeed, Father. And and the same to you, daughter. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Me, My Dad and The Bachelor. If you want more fatherly content, you can follow us on Instagram at mydadbatchpod or shoot us an email at mydadbatchpod at gmail.com. This week's episode was produced by myself and Anthony Furchie. Music is by Latch Swing and Tri Trakyong and the cover art is by my wonderful sister Perrin Bosley. Have a good one and stay safe.